Well, Jesus has come. Time has been fulfilled. And now it's time to fulfill the law. So Mary and Joseph go to the temple. They had two purposes there. There were two rites or rituals they had to accomplish. First of all, a woman who gave birth was considered to be ceremonially or ritually impure for a period of time afterwards. And what she had to do then after the baby was born was to go to the temple and make a small sacrifice. For a poor woman like Mary, a couple of pigeons or turtle doves, and for a wealthier woman, perhaps a lamb. But they would make the sacrifice, and then they were ceremonially clean again. The second purpose that they had in this trip to go to the temple was called the rite of presentation. And in this rite, it acknowledges the fact that God owns everything. The first fruits of all of our harvest and even of our children belong to God. So what they would do is the firstborn male child, the parents would take them to the temple and offer the child to God, to the priest of God there, and then they would ransom their child back with five small silver coins. This was simply to drive home the point that everything belongs to God, including your firstborn male son. The temple that they went to had originally been built about a thousand years earlier by King Solomon. And then about 500 years previous to this, it was destroyed. The Babylonians came in, they destroyed Jerusalem, they carried away all the Israelites, and they destroyed the temple. But before they destroyed the temple, the prophet Jeremiah saw them coming, and he took the Ark of the Covenant, which was in the temple, and he carried it away. Now, the ark was normally kept in the innermost part of the temple. It was the most sacred part of the temple. They called it the Holy of Holies. And in this ark, they had the stone tablets with the Ten Commandments. They had a sample of the manna from the desert. And they had the staff of Aaron. And not only those three things were in the, in the ark, but the most important thing in the ark was the presence of God. God existed on earth in that ark in a way that he was not anywhere else on earth. There's a story in the Bible about how someone touched the ark without authorization and was killed instantly. This was the very presence of God on earth was in that temple. Well, now Jeremiah carried it away and hid it somewhere, and no one ever found it again. And to this day, no one knows where that ark went. So... From that point, 500 years before Jesus, up to the time of Jesus, God was not really present in his temple in the way he had been before. And this was a terrible sorrow for the Jews to realize that God was was not in their temple in that way because the ark was not there. And they were constantly praying that God should return to his people. Well, now... What happens in today's gospel? Who comes walking into the temple? God himself. The very presence of God, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity comes in, being carried by his mother. Now his mother, because she bore him in her womb and she was carrying him in her arms this day, we call her the Ark of the Covenant because Jesus is the covenant, is the new covenant between God and his people and Mary was carrying him So she was the new ark. So on this day, the ark comes back. 
in new form. In the presence of God comes back in new form, in the person of Jesus. And this is what the, the two prophets noticed here. They were the only ones to notice. No one else in the temple had any idea what was happening that day. But Simeon and Anna, because they were in the Holy Spirit, because they were close to God, God let them recognize who Jesus and Mary were. And they gave praise and thanks and worship, as we heard in today's gospel. This is the Feast of the Holy Family today. And one of the members of the Holy Family doesn't get as much attention as he probably should, and that's St. Joseph. You may have heard Pope Francis has uh, declared this the year of St. Joseph. So we spend more time thinking about him and his role and uh, what he's doing in salvation history. St. Joseph was, I think, a man's man. He was a man of action. I'm sure he spoke a lot in, his, in life, but the Bible does not record any of, of his words. What the Bible does record is all of the actions of Joseph. For example, when the angel came to Joseph and told him that his wife was pregnant by unknown means, but he should take her into his house anyway, he got up and he took her into his house. And when God let him know that he needed to be in Bethlehem when Mary was eight and three quarters months pregnant, they had to travel to Bethlehem to fulfill the prophecies that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. Joseph gassed up the donkey and they went to Bethlehem with Mary almost ready to give birth. When God came to Joseph and said that Herod's soldiers are coming to kill the baby, get up and go, he got up and went. He left in the middle of the night to flee to Egypt. And when it was time to come home, God told him to come home, and he came home. Joseph has the thing that all of the saints have. The common denominator among all the saints is they let God work in their lives, and they do God's will. And because of the prayer life that Joseph had, the closeness he had to God, he could recognize God in a dream that it was really God and not just some strange dream he was having. He recognized God, and he trusted God so much that he did all of these crazy things just upon the word of God. And that's what a saint is, is someone who, who lets God work in their lives so freely. St. Joseph was an important uh, part of the Holy Family, as, as wonderful as Jesus and Mary were, they needed someone to put bread on the table. They needed someone to put a roof over their head. Jesus needed a father or a stepfather to help raise him, to teach him his prayers, to teach him how to hold a chisel and cut a straight line. He needed someone to teach him a trade because Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was about 30, so he probably spent 15 years working in construction. Uh, as a good, honest trade that his father taught him. St. Joseph and the Holy Family have another purpose for us today. They are examples to us of what a family should be. And St. Joseph is what a father should be. We need an example, a good example of families, because as you can see, you can look around, you can see that our families have been totally deconstructed in the world today. Nobody really 
knows or is willing to say what a family is. Any two or three or four people can get together and call themselves a family. And only, it's less, less than, uh, well, about 50% of children born or raised today are raised by their own father. And we can see the results of that in our society. We can see it on our evening news. You can watch our cities being burnt down by these people. You can see them sleeping on the streets. You can see that our prisons are full of these people who have been raised in a tragically broken family. And we need the example, the good role model of St. Joseph and the families, uh, the Holy Family, to teach us how to raise our children again and to how to be a good family. Jesus uh, was raised by, by Joseph and Mary, and he was brought up in the tradition of the Jewish people, but yet he took that forward into the Christian life. But the Mary uh, and Joseph fulfilled the traditions and the laws of their time. They didn't just say, well, no, we've got Jesus now. We don't need to follow the old Jewish laws and customs. You can read here in today's gospel, they were fulfilling those customs. Now, as a father, there's more to being a father than writing a check. And there's even more to being a father than playing catch with your son or having tea parties with your daughter. Most important part of fatherhood is spiritual leadership of the family. Too many men today think that religion is women's work. It's not. Religion is a man's work. Children watch their parents, but most especially, they watch their father as an example. And that is why a father is set over his children in a place of honor, in that dates from being the spiritual head of that household. Just as Joseph was the spiritual head of his household. Even though Mary was there, and we know how wonderful Mary was and how perfect she was. She was born without original sin. She, uh, she, was, she bore Jesus in her womb. She ascended into heaven, body and soul. She's been crowned queen of heaven and earth. But who is the spiritual head of that household? It was St. Joseph. Joseph was the head of that, the spiritual head of that household. He led the prayers. He taught Jesus his prayers when he was young. St. Joseph made sure they got to the synagogue every week for worship, and they walked 90 miles each way to the temple three times a year for the high holy feasts. That was St. Joseph's job. And that's what we need in our society today as we need fathers to step up and to be the spiritual head of their household the way St. Joseph was. Amen.